the real estate of today, it's much more diverse than it was decades ago. That's because the way we live, work, travel, it's all changed. We think now is the time to invest in these sectors. Hi everyone, I'm Kate Hillo, Chief Investment Officer and President at Russell Investments. I'm joined here today by Adriana Gisi, a Senior Portfolio Manager in our real estate business. Hey Adriana. Hi Kate. So maybe just to kick off, you know, headlines are being dominated right now by real estate, whether it's commercial real estate, soaring mortgage rates, rumors about rescue finance you know, being needed. What are the headlines that we should care about? And do you see some of the commercial real estate issues bleeding into the rest of the REIT market? Yeah, so headline news about the U.S. office market is casting a long shadow over the entire commercial real estate market, but it only makes up about 4% of the overall global listed property market. So if you take office out of the equation, the fundamentals are actually still pretty strong. So there are a few indicators we watch closely. First, construction of new buildings has been well below historical levels for quite some time, which puts the market in a good position from a supply-demand perspective. Second, we have quite a bit of visibility into earnings growth in the REIT sector because of in-place leases. Net operating income is how we measure earnings for REITs, and that's moderating, but it's still positive and even in the high single digits for sectors like industrial and cold storage. So cold storage is actually one area we're seeing a lot of momentum because of the rise in online grocery shopping and the preference for locally sourced products. This, of course, requires more cold storage facilities that can handle food. Third, REIT balance sheets are also in a really good position. Leverage ratios in the U.S. are under 35% compared to over 50% during the GFC. So yes, rates have pushed financing costs higher, but in the REIT market, over 80% of that debt is fixed for the next six years on average. Now, I know we've been hearing the term rescue financing pop up more recently, but we really haven't seen this in the context of the REIT market. On the private side, though, we have seen quite a bit of capital formation to try to take advantage of these market dynamics. It is more focused on quality assets at the moment, so in case of default, there still is some value there. And then finally, valuations. From a valuation perspective, REIT share prices continue to trade at a large discount to their net asset value. And net asset value is essentially just the breakup value of their real estate holdings. So those discounts, they do vary across the regions and sectors, but it does provide a good point in the cycle to put money to work. It's good to right-size people's understanding of U.S. office space in terms of the percent of the market, but it's still you know, an area of focus. I would love to get your views on that. Yeah, so that brings us back to the major stress point, which is the U.S. office sector. If you look at utilization rates, they're still not quite back up to pre-COVID levels in some markets. But I will say that the properties that are owned by REITs are typically these Class A buildings in stronger markets that offer an environment where employees want to return to the office. So in this space, we like quality office owners with newer portfolios that can draw people back in. The newer stock also provides some optionality to redevelop an office building into something like life science or residential at a much lower capex spend compared to older buildings because the newer buildings have the infrastructure already in place to support that. I will mention here too that relating just to the commercial office market, we have seen some re recent evidence of lenders working out financing terms with office owners who are under pressure in order to avoid any sort of distressed selling situation. Shifting to the private markets, that's a trillion dollars in market cap. 
How do you view the fundamentals from an evaluation perspective between the public and private markets? Yeah, so in the private market, there's been a negative repricing across all the sectors on the order of about 15% over the past year. I don't think we're quite at the bottom yet, but we're probably pretty close. We did have a good quarter of net operating income, especially in the industrial and apartments. And we're now seeing an uptick in office leases being signed. So what we're missing right now is transactions, which is making price discovery a pretty big challenge. Year-over-year volumes are down over 50%. So I think owners are holding back their best assets since they don't want to sell at a discount. But we do think when we see interest rates stabilize is when we're going to see the transaction market open up. So for now, we like the private real estate funds that are tilted towards sectors with those long-term structural demand drivers like industrial, healthcare, data centers, to name a few. When you think about the tailwinds that we've seen and what's already been kind of recognized in the market, because some of these structural you know, tailwinds have already started, do you see this as a good entry point for some of these sectors? It's a very timely question, Kate, because we think now is the time to invest in these sectors. We may not be exactly at the bottom, but we're probably pretty close. Real estate cycles are typically pretty long, so we think that we're probably in a good spot to realize the upside potential that these sectors have to offer over the long term. Currently, the U.S. REIT market is trading at about a 16% discount to net asset value, and most of those sectors are trading at the lower end of their historical ranges. Just to put some context around it, U.S. REITs don't typically trade at a discount because the market will assign a premium for the management teams, just given how capital intensive of a business real estate is. If we look back over the last 15 years, we've only seen notable discounts during the GFC at the start of COVID and right now. So I would add here that over the last four cycles, REITs have typically outperformed equities when the Fed stops raising rates and interest rates stabilize. I think the consensus now is that we're closer to the end of this cycle than the beginning. So it sounds like commercial real estate has really diversified beyond offices and factories. And there's a, you know, new specialty sectors that have evolved. What do you think are some of the driving forces that have created that shift? Yeah, definitely. The real estate of today, it's much more diverse than it was decades ago. That's because the way we live, work, travel, it's all changed. So first we have technological trends like AI and this work from home driving the demand for data centers. Now, the AI opportunity set is broad from how it impacts the consumers, logistics, cars, utilities, telecom, the list goes on. Leasing activity for data centers that can support the digitization of the economy has grown exponentially over the past five years. And towers are benefiting more from more and more people around the world now having access to smartphones. Over the next five years, we expect smartphone data usage is going to grow by nearly 20% in the U.S. alone. Now, shifting to demographics, the tailwinds we like are the opportunities within the two largest generational cohorts. So that's the baby boomers and the millennials. We have an aging population here in the U.S. By aging, we mean people over 80, and this group is expected to grow by over 40% between now and 2030. And with that, we have a lack of senior housing supply. So the supply situation coupled with the demand rising creates a pretty attractive opportunity here. Now, most of the senior housing facilities we've seen recently are really a far cry from where our grandparents would have lived. The newer stock that's being delivered by REITs in particular, they provide different levels of care. So you have anything from independent care to assisted living, skilled nursing, memory care, 
So it does provide a great fit for couples who have different needs. The REIT companies were really thoughtful about this and how they wanted to create an experience good enough to entice people out of their houses and into these communities. And we are actually seeing demand pick up quite a bit after a pretty steep drop off during COVID, which is not surprising. And then from the operational side of things, labor costs have also come down quite a bit, which makes it a good investment story. So now at a completely different stage of life, we're seeing a bigger appetite for single family rental housing by the millennials. They want more space as they get married, have kids, and they also need room for a home office with the ongoing hybrid work from home format. They no longer necessarily want to be in urban locations anymore, which is a big shift from just a couple years ago. The other big driver here is housing affordability, which is a huge headwind. So demand for single family housing is also pretty sticky because once people are in a house raising a family, they don't necessarily want to move. So turnover is fairly low and the opportunity to increase rents when they roll is pretty high. It's similar to what we see in the self-storage sector. So tenants typically are pretty complacent once they rent a storage unit and it takes a lot for them to move out completely. Again, we have sticky demand, the ability to continually raise rents for existing tenants incrementally over time. That is so interesting, and particularly the senior housing. When I think about our parents as they, as they age, knowing that they're going to be going into some really amazing facilities, it brings it home. Adriana, it's so great to hear from more of a bottoms-up perspective what your, what your view is, but we're in a pretty challenging macro environment. Interest rate-sensitive assets have been really struggling. When you think about you know, real estate and where some of the opportunities you know, are and some of the risk, you know, what are your, your thoughts on and how we're going to um, weather this? And you know, has the central bank gotten as far as they needed to in terms of the hikes? You know, is this a good opportunity to be leaning into REITs now? Yeah, the reality is that real estate is a capital intensive business, which makes the industry highly sensitive to interest rates. The market has had time to digest the higher for longer reality. And we do expect that real estate will perform better on a relative basis once interest rates stabilize. If we look back over time, REITs have outperformed equities once we reach that point in the cycle. Now, the specialty sectors we just talked about are more prominent in the REIT market. But as these sectors grow and become a larger share of the real estate market, we're seeing more private funds seeking to participate in that growth. And that's a trend we expect to continue. Adriana, that was great. Thank you so much. It's so important to you know, keep that balance between what's going on in the macro environment and some of the bottoms up opportunities that you're seeing. I'm really excited to see how some of these opportunities develop for our clients. Thanks, Kate.